of Jesus. I guess there are some children that are to be dismissed at this time. Hope they all have a good time. Well, as they're slipping out, I just want you to know this has been a real incredible time for Barbara and I these past couple of months or more. We all good back here? Stephen, let's pray together, shall we, right now? We come together as the body of Christ, and we pray for Stephen, Lord Jesus, that you will intervene for him in a way that you know in this moment, in this hour, he needs. And Lord, we pray that nothing that is happening right now will not be able to be tended to, and that Stephen will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the presence of God is coming over him. Lord, I pray for healing and deliverance that you alone can release upon him. Lord, be with those who contend to him medically and give them wisdom and insight and discernment beyond their own. But Jesus, in this moment, just like this, we're believing for breakthrough from heaven to earth for your hand to be upon Stephen and that you would bless him with the Holy Spirit and that he will be kept safe and be able to recover from whatever's happening right now. So I rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ right now. And I pray the power of healing to be released over him and over us as we gather in this moment. We give you all the glory, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We pray these things for this precious brother in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to talk to you in a bit of follow-up of last Sunday. Uh, when we spoke to this whole arena of seeking the face of God with such intimacy that he brings breakthrough into our lives personally and into the corporate body so that in an hour and a day like we live in, we can walk with such peace we can see the hand of God work, no matter what's going on around us. But there are some, I hate to call them conditions, but for lack of a better word, uh, conditions for breakthrough. Uh, it, it also could be called principles for breakthrough, and, and that's probably a better word. But I draw this from Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It's a great, great passage, and uh, just so much packed in here, and we'll not try to cover it all today, but, but three or four thoughts that hopefully can be an encouragement. Let's read the scripture together, verses one through five, and you can follow along in your Bible or iPhone, or I don't know if it will be projected or not, but I'll read it. Mm -hmm. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went over to Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubics. That's about 1,000 yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, 
for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That is spelling out breakthrough. That is the hope of the world in Christ Jesus. Notice in verse 1, I like it in the King James Version, where it says, And Joshua rose early in the morning. Do I have early risers here? Or any of you just, you just, it's an epidemic for you. You have to be up early. Not seeing a lot of enthusiasm right now. Um, with the hand of God upon him, the leadership role that he was fulfilling, Joshua responded to the call of God with what is before them of crossing the Jordan, which was a huge task. Now, whatever the numbers were, we've heard a million or so folks were to cross, the Israelite nation were to cross this river. This isn't the creek on the back 40, okay? This is a river. And the scripture is going to tell us a little more about that. But let's first look at the first principle, if you will. Joshua could not go about this in a lackadaisical way. He got up early in the morning, so he responded immediately. There was an urgency and an immediacy with which they responded to that need. pausing just a moment just want to make sure everybody's getting what they need to back here and it looks like good good all right let's just pause here for a moment and we can be praying and aren't we great grateful for first responders, not just during COVID, especially then, but yeah, amen, amen. God is so good that way. We are blessed as a nation to have such benefits and people who are so well-trained. Good. all good. God's helping them. Pastor Scott, that if we as the Church of Jesus Christ, speaking of this body locally, can work together as a team, as I just saw, so fluid, no arguing who's about this, or you do this, or I'll do that. They all had their, and they all knew what to do. It was flawless. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And though it's a medical emergency and we don't like to see that ever, how wonderful to see that displayed in front of us. I'm just thinking, oh Lord God, bring that anointing over this church, that there is such a teamwork and a cohesion of everybody 
nobody's jealous about, no sacred cows. This is God's work. We get to do God's work. Whatever my role is, you show me. I need to be discipled. Lord, you teach, you show. We're going to follow our leader. But we work together as a team. And the results are miraculous. And God's glorified. And there'll be lives rescued because of such godly teamwork. And in conclusion, <laughs> do I get a couple of extra minutes? I mean, <laughs> I do hope that we'll get a report uh, of how Stephen's doing, and we, we will continue to pray for him. Amen. We talked about Joshua getting up early in the morning. He's right at it. He responds immediately. It's like an unthinking response, if you've ever heard of that term. He doesn't even think about it. He's up, he goes, he does it. First thing in the morning, it's a spontaneous reaction. Continuing on in chapter 3, Israelites out from Shedem and went to the Jordan where they camp before crossing over. Now, they get to camp, Riverside. So they're thinking about, Joshua's going to take us across. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp. Do you think it took some courage on their part to muster up the drive and the desire to cross this river? Now, honestly, this is a phenomenal scripture. There's so many facets that can be brought out of it. But for me, this ministers to me to know that it took some courage on their part. Old Testament or not, in the day and age in which they live, there is this river. We're being called to get where we're supposed to go, to the promised land. We've got to cross this river. And so for three days, they got to contemplate what was about ready to take place. Have any of you ever had those situations where you know you're called upon to do whatever it might be, and it's just like you're dwelling, you're dwelling, I just want to get it over with. Continue on in the scripture. By the way, second thought is this, respond courageously. Respond courageously. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which represents what? God, Yahweh, Almighty. You don't get anywhere near the Ark. Any, any studies of the Old Testament, specifically uh, the Ark of the Covenant, we understand how holy that was, the presence of God. The priests who were assigned to carry that Ark went ahead of them. So we don't get ahead of God. We follow the leadership. Verse 15. Now check this out. <laughs> now, the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Can, can, can we get this, make this really real for us today? Um, 
Lake Erie's too big. I need a river in my mind. Uh, yeah, whatever she said. There are times when uh, we cross over that bridge going west towards Sandusky just before Huron and there's a name for that bridge and do you think I'd think of it right now? No. Mommy? No, that's out over by Toledo. But anyway, we, we, it's not really river there, it's more of the bay coming in and it goes underneath that big long bridge. And there have been times when the water table has dropped so much that there's hardly any water out there whatsoever. Now the water table in the last couple of years have come up as we went by today, it was like I told Barbara, this is a fingerprint of God. There's water lilies that are blooming, absolutely gorgeous. But that water in there changes everything. Now, in your mind, if you can envision the Jordan River, not when the water table is down, but it's harvest time and that's when the water table is up. So it's at what? flood stage and Joshua is telling the leadership oh by the way God wants us to cross now it's like really I don't want to tell God Almighty how to do this but it sure would make sense if we could wait even for a couple of months for the water table to go down You get the point. God can make it happen. So the Jordan's at flood stage, yet, in verse 15, yet, as soon as the priests, now walking in obedience, under Joshua's leadership, in great courage, they don't give us what the priests were thinking, some of them may have been thinking, well, it's been a good life. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, you ready for this? The water from upstream stopped flowing. Thank you. Because that's what I'm thinking. How, how do we treat our Heavenly Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit in our lives? Now, we've talked about this before in the time that I've been here, but I, I, I have to sometimes get after myself to say, I'm challenged by this situation, whatever that situation might be, in my life personally or our family circle or whatever ministry it, I'm challenged by this is like how much how's this gonna how's this gonna come together now and it's almost as though I feel like I'm okay God you've set me on this earth and I got to work it out on my own is that right no this is a God who tells the Levitical priests to take the ark to flood stage Jordan River flowing down and as soon as their obedience is acted out with great courage and belief, the water, their feet touch the water, 
and upstream, miraculously, Holy Spirit of Almighty God in His power intervenes and it stops flowing. Have any of you uh, ever gone into a situation where there was water there? Like your pole broke in the backyard, your little pool. Have any of you ever had that experience besides me? Okay. And what's it like? It's a muddy mess, right? Come on. <laughs> now, when I was a little guy, that was no issue. Oh, it's fun time. Let's go make mud pies and so forth. Friends, my point is this. The Jordan River had to be an absolute mucky mess, and who knows what kind of rocks were there. Did we say God knows no odds when we're fully devoted and submitted to him? Did we mention Philippians 4.13 last Sunday? I can do most things through him who strengthens me. We can do all things through Christ, not on our own. When Goliath came against the Israelites, the soldiers all thought, he's so big we can never kill him. David looked at the same giant and thought, he's so big I can't miss. I don't know if that's exactly what he was thinking. But what jazzes me about that story is that when David took him on, he couldn't deal with Samson's paraphernalia to protect himself. He threw that off, and he went out with three stones, three smooth stones and a slingshot, and he, he's rebuking this Goliath, who absolutely is dominating everybody in that situation, intimidation, and he doesn't walk toward him, he doesn't shudder, he runs toward him. And by the hand of God, he takes out Goliath. I wonder what Goliath is in your life or my life today that God is simply waiting for our obedience and courage and faith in Christ Jesus. Easier said than done, I know. But God is faithful to his word. Let's go to verse 4. I guess to get in the flow of it, I need to go back to three. Giving orders to the people. This is Joshua 3, verse 3. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical peace carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then, then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. The point is this. We're up at it, first thing. We're responding courageously, and we're recognizing the presence of God. Acknowledging his presence, respecting his uh, presence. Um, I told those of you who were here, I think it was two weeks ago, I used the illustration about this conference that I went to back 15 years ago, thereabouts, with highly youth there, but, and we took a bunch from our church, and 
It was a non-Nazarene, but it was across denominational lines, and we're just packed in Chicago, all these people. But in one of the services, sitting back, this is before we got the better seats, <laughs> sitting back and watching the evening service take place, um, they were singing a song, and I recognized the name of the person. I happened to know them because it was a pastor's wife on this district who had written a song, an anointed song. And so I text her and I said, they're singing a song that you wrote. Yes, David, yes. But then something began to happen. Presence of God. Yes. It's like the kabod, the weight of his glory in over that setting and uh, I'm responding back I said you should see what's going on here and then as young people do not necessarily people in their 40s okay 50s all right six I'm not going any farther they began to say, Jesus, 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 over and again. Well, I don't like the repetitiveness. No, you don't understand. They were in the presence. They were praising. And might be if they were silent, the rocks would have cried out. They were consumed by the presence of God's Spirit on that auditorium. And it went on for two or three minutes and then on to five minutes. Friends, these students, praise God. And they had a tight schedule with every, all the speakers and all the different groups and all the... They let it go on for 15 minutes. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm texting my friend and saying, you know what's going on here? Da -da -da -da. And she said, David, they've learned the host, the presence of God. They've learned, are you hearing me, friends? To host the presence. So all of a sudden, the agenda, the service order, all the other things don't matter. It's just whatever God you want. And it's my contention that God does in a few moments, seconds, in our hearts that otherwise can't be done maybe in years because we're influenced all by, by all this stuff around us and the presence of God gets to our heart and our mind and our spirits we're overwhelmed by his glory that's miracle territory that's when lives are changed and I have a notion as those people were getting ready to cross a mucky, but no more water coming down, river. I have to believe they recognized her in the presence of Almighty God. I'm sure you have, and I've been blessed to be in some, pre in some meetings and services and even personal 
times alone with the Lord where the presence of God comes and there's nothing, there's no, nothing more sweeter and life-changing than that. So, um, verse 13 foretells what is going to happen in verse 17. As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot on the Jordans, this water, water's flowing up downstream, will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Verse 17, the, pre, the priests who carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry well Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing again on dry ground does this mess with anybody here this morning I mean what's your Jordan River today They recognized the presence of God, and, and number four, and lastly, they recognized God is at work. And I know churches and communities and people and homes and so forth will have seasons, ebb and flow of life, that's normal. But they were having a moment that would be historic even to this day. Recognize God as at work. They were encountering God's supernatural intervention. So we must never measure God's unlimited power by our limited expectations or experiences. Friends, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's the bottom line. So no wonder in verse 5, Joshua says, consecrate, fully give yourself over, die to yourself, put yourself on God's altar, everything, Bar none. Boy, there's more things I want to share with you, but the Spirit's saying no, you quit. So, all right. We're going to land the plane. It's amazing what God can do when we obey. When we, when we walk out in courage and Say, Lord, you have the wrong man or you have the wrong lady or the wrong person. No, 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 no. You are his choice servants. But I don't feel, doesn't matter how we feel, it's the God that we serve that makes the difference. So, in Canada, in the Toronto Ward Museum, there's a story of a 19th century man that was re referred to as Chief Crowfoot. And he was a chief of this Indian tribe that was located in that area. And he was known for his peaceful relationship building with Canada during a time of great violence. And then the Canadian Pacific Railroad was being built and they needed part of the chief's land to run the train across. 
So they came to Chief Crowfoot and said, we want to make a deal with you that if you let us have the land we need for the railroad, you can ride the train anytime you want to. Wherever it's going, you can go. And we will not just make this a one-time deal. It will be a lifetime pass. He agreed, so they made the deal. And the railroad finished its track, and Chief Crowfoot got his lifetime pass. They actually put it in a beautiful case, and Crowfoot is said to have carried that case around his neck for the rest of his life. It entitled him to go wherever he wanted, wherever the railroad could take him. Were you able to get that? There's the pass. Right there. 1887. But as the story goes, there was one problem. To their knowledge, Crowfoot never stepped one time on that train. He never availed himself to the right to travel anywhere he wanted, anytime, on that train. Are there Christians like Crowfoot? We sing great, incredible songs, as we did this morning. What a mighty God we serve. But do we engage the very principles that we talked about this morning that allow us to see the supernatural presence of the living God at work in our lives. And we trust his timing and we trust his pathway with that. And we can, we can take his promises and we can post them on our walls and post them on social media and, and we can talk about them and quote them and memorize them, but do we practice them? Do we embrace them, those promises of God for ourselves? Or do we like Chief Crowfoot, <laughs> wear the pass around our neck and say, what a mighty God we serve. I'm not seeing it in my own life necessarily, but what a mighty God we serve. Or do we say, Lord, I know I can't earn salvation and I know Jesus paid the price for me and I know I am what I am by the grace of God and today if I know my heart, my sins are forgiven and I'm living for you by faith through your grace and your daily mercy, I bless you, Lord. I release my concerns, my burdens, my needs, but I lift my praise to you, Lord Jesus. I recognize your presence and that I choose as my mindset, even on my bad days even on my bad days. As much as I admire Chief Crowfoot, I don't want to be like him in the sense of never using the lifetime blessed anointing of Jesus Christ wherever I'm a part of worship, wherever I'm called upon by the Lord to be, I want to be that level of difference maker 
of experiencing and encountering, encountering a living God who says to the Jordan at flood stage, that's enough. Dries it out. A million or so people pass across on dry ground. Amen. I think we've been on some holy ground this morning. Amen. Let's pray. We're standing on holy ground and we're recognizing right now in our spirit your holy presence. And now, Lord God, as we soon leave this house, I pray we will not. Please don't let us leave the awareness of the truth that we've heard this morning. We thank you for principles and we thank you for keys and for ideas and thoughts. But Lord, I'm praying just intimately do a work in our hearts today that we will never again be quite the same as when we came to church today. I pray we'll walk with new confidence, maybe even with a new spiritual kick in our heel, and that we will go knowing that Jesus Christ goes with us, that he is leading the way. Lord, we continue to pray for Stephen, and we're asking that he would get the help that he needed, but that you would intervene for him. I pray for the team that's about ready to go out and serve people food. Would you bless them, that whole ministry to the glory of God? I pray you will... Uh, absolutely open the doors to talk to the right people, the people that need Jesus. And then I pray before we go today, Lord Jesus, uh, would you be with anybody here today? They've heard the words, they've encountered some different things, and it's just they're going through a tough season. I pray that you will minister to them uniquely through your Holy Spirit. People, I think about Jack Lofton. God, would you go to his home right now and his dear wife? And would you just surround them with your love and your peace and your power and your presence in a way that they need? And, but then I also pray today for people who may listen to this as a recorded service later on, or maybe they're uh, right here now, but Jesus, they know in their hearts they do not have clear relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. They might be good people and, and might have a lot of things that they do for you and in faith, but they don't have clear-cut relationship. And I pray you'll bring the confidence and awareness right now that they can pray that simple prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life right now. I invite you into my life. I commit any iniquity, any sin, any wrongdoing to you. I'm sorry. That's not the way of life I want. I don't want thought life that way. I don't want attitudes that way. I want to serve you with a pure heart and clean hands. So Jesus, come into my life at a whole different level. Forgive me of any and all sin. I put my faith in you right now, Lord Jesus, and by grace, I believe you come in right now and forgive me. And with your help, by your mercy, your grace, and your love, I'll live for you all the days of my life. Jesus, anybody who may have prayed that or whispered that in their heart, would you seal it with your Holy Ghost right now? Thank you, Jesus. We just worship you and we praise you. And we release all of these things said and done today to you. Our worship all we release to you and help us to walk, I pray, with confidence and with joy in our hearts. And it's in the great name of Jesus we pray and for his glory. Amen.